Hi, it's Corey Chambers in Los Angeles. Your home sold guaranteed or I'll buy it. Today we're going to talk about something that it's easy to stick some emotions in here. Uh, some topics are kind of cut and dry, sort of uh, scientific, matter of fact, or just numbers, or just facts. However, this topic is about money. It's about my money. So, and uh, it's about people. It's about making a living. And it's about, for uh, clients, for the general public, it's about buying, selling. And uh, so it's about it. It's about the buyer's money, the seller's money, landlords and renters. So, uh, and it's about real estate. So, real estate and money is what we, I think, are settling into. Two topics that I have a good background on. Economics and real estate. So, I tend to notice when The Economist, uh, which used to be a magazine, I think think they still print their uh, paper version of the magazine, but the uh, website does uh, some articles. This one had a lot of uh, opinion in it, but it had a lot of numbers as well. However, the uh, numbers and the opinion sort of diverged, and that's what that was a part of the problem, because The Economist title of the article was, It Costs Too Much to Buy and Sell Real Estate. And I guess, uh, I mean, it costs too much. That's obviously, that's not an empirical data-driven thing. That's, that's, it's an opinion piece where they threw some numbers in there just because it's The Economist and they have numbers. Uh, so I want to point that out. Secondly, the, what they chose to be the number one grand example or reason or proof, evident, evidence that it cost too much, was that similar wealthy countries cost uh, whatever, half as much to sell the home. Well, they didn't bother to elaborate on that. They went in, off on every other tangent about things that could cost money selling a home, things that could save money selling a home, in particular things having to do with real estate agents, real estate brokers, and real estate websites. So, uh, I could talk a lot about, like they did about Zillow, Trulia, iBuyers, and um, Purple Bricks, and all this other stuff. Um, So, first of all, their premise that some other wealthy countries charge half as much for real estate commissions, they actually didn't bother to put any support. So all all the numbers they threw in there, because it's The Economist, uh, supports other things, but they didn't bother to support what's kind of their main premise or their main uh, piece of evidence that prices are, that it costs too much to buy or sell a home. Um, The reason is because it's, I mean, it's just, it's just an opinion 
and uh, it, it just I'm gonna really only only need to put one piece of evidence to refute what they said because since they didn't bother to put much evidence, um, for instance, when I one of my clients who bought and sold several properties uh, had a property in Switzerland. He asked me to just do some sort of marketing for it to just push and increase the uh, international eyeballs for his property that was being sold, that was listed with a uh, broker in Switzerland. Uh, He was German, by the way. If you know any German and you've listened to Swiss German, it's uh, it's uh, it's a bit um, difficult. Although I think it's not so difficult once you get used to it. Just watch the movie called the uh, it's called the Circle. I think it was called the Circle. It was uh, it was uh, really about gay relationships in 19. 19- 49 1950 in Switzerland Um, so that was a good example of a wealthy country that is very human rights oriented you know anti-Nazi and they did a good pretty good job of uh, defending themselves from Nazis during World War II. But Switzerland is the wealthiest country in the world uh, at, uh, when you look at individual average uh, asset, um, net worth. Assets and net worth. So for the average person in uh, Switzerland, hold on just a moment. So yeah, average net worth for the, you know, average person has about $400,000, $500,000 in net worth. Although that might be the average household net worth. I think it's the average person's net worth in Switzerland. Uh, highest in the world. So if you want to go and meet a lot of people who are well off, Switzerland is, I still, I have plans to go there. Because where I'm living now in Lincoln Heights, the average net worth is about uh, instead of four hundred thousand dollars, it's about forty. <laughs> it's probably four hundred dollars <laughs> average net worth. <laughs> um, no, I'm sure it's a lot more than that, but it's probably only about say uh, probably like a hundred thousand dollars average net worth. When, uh, for Lincoln Heights, um, when you include the people, that own. houses are expensive here, so it might be three or it might be two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars average because there are a pretty fair amount of people who own houses that are worth about uh, seven hundred thousand dollars each, six hundred to seven hundred thousand um, around here. Come, come. Uh, so, and they said that basically these other rich countries charge half as much, but they, they don't charge half as much. They charge the same. The difference is they have one person um, 
who's doing it and they're getting their 3%, okay? Well, guess what? That's um, California, you have two brokers usually. They're charging 6% and you're getting your home sold more than twice as fast because the condo in Switzerland, it gets listed on their old-fashioned uh, old system and it sits there for months, years, uh, maybe someone buys it, maybe they don't. So, there's like not much marketing going on. It's just, uh, okay, you just list it. Maybe we'll show it once every few months. So that's, you know, you get, uh, that rule is always, it's the rule, it's usually true, uh, which is where you get what you pay for. So California, your home sold, sells in a few days or a few weeks, uh, unless you go with just a crummy broker who also just lists it and forgets about it, and then it may not sell at all. Uh, but each agent only gets about less than 3% on average. So, because it gets split got twice as many people working on it when uh, on your listing probably more than twice as many you probably have three times as many agents and brokers uh, and marketers and assistants and everybody else working on the uh, on the listing when you sell your property that's why it's gonna sell for two or three times as fast here so in California um, so I obviously California which is one of the hottest real estate markets in the world, one of the best real estate markets, biggest, healthiest. Um, when you compare that to, you know, some, you know, Swiss or English or Swedish um, real estate, yeah, they might be charging less. They might have fees that are set by the government. Uh, and then, and of course, their their practices are set by the government, which is, you know, fill out a form and triplicate. Your your home will show up on the list, and maybe somebody will show it. <laughs> so California is a lot different. It's a lot more dynamic. A lot more resources are going into buying and selling the home, and the average agent is is not making, uh, they're not making twice as much. They are, in fact, making less. Uh, so in the, uh, it's kind of particularly bad timing to write that article because some real estate agents right now, like maybe Phoenix or, uh, say Phoenix is probably a good example, they're making the most money they've ever made before on average per agent, whereas where I specialize in downtown Los Angeles, uh, real estate agents are going broke right now. They are making about 30% of what they made a couple years ago because home prices have been dropping now for almost two years in downtown Los Angeles and the market was, has been cooling, uh, or, you know, heading towards cooling for, um, for like five years. This market was super hot in 2012, 2013. Um, 
and then for for West LA 2014 2015 was still super hot but it's 2020 now and the market is now cooling in, uh, in many neighborhoods around Los Angeles especially downtown Los Angeles where prices dropped uh, 4% last year prices are probably going to drop another 4% this year in fact we've already shown that on the LA Loft blog based on the actual prices from two years ago versus last year and from last year last January versus this January this is a 4% drop a year ago and then another 4% drop in the last year so uh, there's been several real estate agents that have overdosed, committed suicide um, and gone homeless just in the past uh, year past 12 months so it's not the greatest time for people in Los Angeles for me to be reading The Economist saying that it costs too much and the main reason is because real estate agents are charging twice as much as, as they should because <laughs> um, anyone who knows me knows that I don't I don't drive a new Mercedes nothing wrong with that but uh, I, I spend my money on on my clients and on getting their property sold and on helping them to find uh, better deals and more amazing lofts condos houses townhomes and multi-unit duplexes triplexes fourplexes and creative spaces so um I live in a place that's moderately expensive, but it's really an economy type of loft. I guess it's, it's very much sort of luxury and economy, the loft that I live in. Um, what else? That's... Uh, that's pretty much all we need to talk about uh, regarding uh, hi puppy puppy I'm walking up a hill now I can probably tell too expensive to sell too expensive to buy well um, that uh, problem is improving because um, prices are going down so real estate um, total commissions are going down annual commissions are going down so that's that uh, I guess there's nothing that that emotional about it that's just the sort of the facts that I'm giving we can get emotional about the uh, real estate agents that have committed suicide this year one guy who overdosed um, Carrie Marsico was a cooperating real estate agent with a different brokerage and someone who I did several transactions together helping buyers and sellers and renters and landlords together some of the biggest rentals that I did some of the best um, transactions were with Carrie Marsico and he might be the most sim sort of similar to me 
Well, I'm probably with more of a beginner than him as far as downtown Los Angeles real estate because I started about 10 years ago and he started about 20 years ago. Uh, so he had a team of people he did. He's basically was where I aspire to be, which is doing a lot of multi-million dollar condos. Um, however, I always attracted more buyers and renters than he did. He would just get listings. He would say, okay, well, I do so many listings around here and I only charge 5% and so sign here. And, but then he, um, there would be places that he would never show. It'd be listed for sale and he would not show it once. Uh, and he didn't seem to care too much about that issue. <laughs> listing someone's condo and he was just oh well their price is too high so it's okay if nobody ever looks at it because the price is too high they'll just have to lower their price so that's what you get when you get someone who could be charging six percent they charge five percent why because they don't know how to communicate any value that they're offering well, well yeah when they are not even offering to, to bring people in to see the place. Not even offering to, to bring in any offers from buyers. Certainly not offering any kind of guarantee at all that the place is going to sell. So that's... Carrie was a great example of what you get for your, um, you know, your discount broker. He has no problem attracting people who like discounts, but he did have a trouble making enough money for himself and his clients because when you are not showing your properties and not getting offers as, as much as you should, then, um, then, then the real estate agent's gonna make less money and the sellers are making less money. And when you're working off commission, every time the seller makes less money, the real estate agent automatically like makes less money. So that's why the way that I work is that I um, have guarantees. We're gonna show the place to people. We're gonna get offers on the place. We're going to sell the place, and, and all those are guaranteed. So, well now we're walking up an extra steep hill, you could tell, in Elysian Park. Elysian Park is right between downtown Los Angeles, Chinatown, and Lincoln Heights, and right next to Dodger Stadium. Sometimes when I'm here walking the dog, I the Dodger game, hear people shouting and crowds roaring for the Los Angeles Dodgers, and of course a lot of times we hear police helicopters. I wonder if they're going to be uh, flying around in uh, drones, those eight propeller drones, probably. Um, 
I sort of wanted to make this a long episode because I just wanted to sort of cover that topic and also cover any other topics that come to mind. If you were listening to yesterday's show, which is in, I think, three or four different segments, uh, in the third the third segment, or the second segment yesterday, uh, I had to deal with a guy who had a Doberman Pinscher and plus two small dogs that were running on no leash. You got to hear me fully defensive and fully pissed off and giving him some very choice words using very colorful language (laughs) which you very rarely hear from me I say I've never been a big fan of people who say uh, fucking this, fucking that Uh, it's kind of low class I had a friend I was 14, he was 18 year old and uh he talked like that. He was fairly friendly, but I was kind of desperate for friends at the time as well. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that he was a bad friend, although uh, my bicycle did get stolen by his best friend, so there you have it. <clears throat> so when I start throwing in foul language, it's a bit more uh, profound uh, a lot more profound usually means I really have some uh, emotion if someone's throwing in the F-bomb every four words then I I think that they're uh, they're sort of wearing it out I think they're probably lacking in other words they could be using, their vocabulary. And I know in the case of Gary Vaynerchuk, who I admire, who admits that he's somewhat uh, dyslexic and somewhat not a very good reader or writer. Oops. And he throws in the F-bomb. Does he say the F-bomb a lot? I think so. Yeah, he throws in every colorful word a lot. And other people, I'm surprised Tony Robbins now does that. I'm pretty sure Tony Robbins is sort of copying other people, but I think Tony Robbins is kind of angry naturally as well. Uh, I certainly have at least my share of anger. But my anger usually does not show up unless people are attacking me first or threatening to run me over with their car or to even run over my little dog with their car Uh, or their pit bulls running around with no leash, things like that. Um... Money, economics. So, that's all we're going to talk about right now. We're going to talk about... We're going to talk about my... uh, We're going to talk about my... um, We're going to talk about my... Come, sweetie. My my latest customer. We just uh, canceled an escrow today. 
It was a $1.1 million fourplex in Highland Park. It just got canceled today. So let's try to talk about that one tomorrow. About um, fourplexes and about uh, about cancellations. Uh, we'll let you in on one little interesting tidbit that took me about nine years to learn, which is that uh, most people that are buying, buyers that are trying to buy a house with a real estate agent, they're looking at properties, then they go into escrow with a property, they're in escrow and then they cancel for whatever reason. So I talked to my team members about that, people that have been doing real estate around here for more than 20 years and they said yeah most of the time that somebody cancels uh, a lot of times they'll go ahead and go into escrow with other properties they usually cancel again and not end up buying a place not end up buying a place for months or uh, years usually years usually many years so Uh, the client I have who just canceled her escrow, I, I guess there's a possibility that she may buy another place because she may completely change the type of place that she buys. Instead of buying a older fourplex um, with renters, she might just buy a uh, more updated, newer um two-bedroom condo or sorry I had to pull my dog he was looking inside of a barrel full of stuff that, uh, that we don't want him sticking his nose in so I was saying that um, she may be an exception to the rule because uh, for a couple reasons she may stop trying to buy a multi-unit property and might start looking at um, condos and houses. And uh, however, as I told her, uh, I've, uh, in the last almost 10 years of me helping buyers, um, I've had a few, at least three, four, five buyers who started to buy and then got into escrow and then canceled. Not one of them uh, bought a property uh, at all, period. So that's, um, that's what I've learned. Buyers, if you are a buyer or a real estate agent, prospective home buyer, and you get into escrow or your client gets into escrow, a buyer gets into escrow and cancels, there's a very high likelihood that they are not going to be buying a home anytime soon all right and we'll talk more about that in the future i'm Corey chambers in los angeles your home sold guaranteed or i'll buy it thanks for listening and take care bye-bye